can relate. Hey, what's up? This is Jada. Hey, it's Damo. And you're listening to I Can Relate. Your resource for international news and all things relatable. Let's get into it. Okay, so we're going to jump right into reality check. Boop. All right, so... Reuters has reported that more than 4,000 people registered to vote yesterday at the March for Our Lives protest. So as we know, we everybody had came out and was marching for lives in acknowledgement of these school shootings that have been recently happening. Um, You know, it's cute how this gets all this national attention and media coverage. But, you know, these Black Lives Matter protests are advertised to be militant and, you know, just expressed in a way that isn't the same way that it's being expressed for this march for our lives i'm just saying stay woke i'm definitely with you sister yes (laughs) i think that um it is an important march but we're marching i guess a system that is like you know unjust exactly right yes just and just as unjust as what black lives matter you know what i mean so but i want to acknowledge that for sure definitely i want to acknowledge stephen clark um, information has come out that he was handcuffed after he was shot dead. So, um, and I remember reporting last week that I said he was shot four times in the back. I'm hearing now it was 20, 20 times, it was 20 times, which I don't know how four went to 20. And I don't, I just don't understand how one, let alone 20 would ever be necessary. Definitely. To, what I think is amazing about this, like, little tidbit is the register to vote. Right. Get active. Yes. We need to have a voice, and people, like, want to separate themselves from politics, but you are politics. You really have the power. and. Exactly. More to power than you think. And we know that they don't be liking us to vote, so they make it hard for us. Exactly. But it's easier than you think. Make us to change. Exactly. It's easier than you think. I registered to vote on the train. I was on the train coming home from work. And this guy was coming around, you know, walking up and down the train, trying to get people to sign a petition to get Donald Trump out of office. And with signing the petition, you also register to vote. So he gave me all my paperwork. Mm-hmm. Everything was mailed to my house. It was real legit. It's that easy. So helpful. Yes, <laughs> yes very Bart. helpful. It was, it was a young black man. It was not Barrios Metro. Okay, Metro. But, um, yes, young Instead black man. Instead of performing, can you register me to vote? Yes, <laughs> okay. right, exactly, exactly. I do want to say last night, so our friend, we were celebrating a friend's birthday, and last night we played Cards Against Humanity, and the black card was... It's a shame kids are getting into these days. Do you want to know what was the card that won, folks? The card said (laughs) mass shootings, bro. Bro, he had to pick it. He had to pick it. Right. It's a shame that kids are into mass shootings these days. It's ridiculous. But it was so poignant for that time. And it was yesterday, which was the day of the marches. Exactly. How ironic. But, you know, and then it's Cards Against Humanity. It's reflective of humanity. And that's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. It's, you know, it's just a mirror up to our society. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you about a sister who got some coins. Let me hear about it. (laughs) Okay. So, um... The Bugoma High Court in Kenya um, ruled in favor of Josephine Majani, who is a woman, just a local woman who was delivering her baby. I think because of her pain and because of the lack of support she was getting, she laid on the floor like to deliver it and the staff scoffed at her basically they were shaming her for lying on the ground she claims that they abused her and um we know in fact the UN reported that Kenya is um the 10th in the world's most dangerous countries um for women to give birth for many reasons but part of it is neglectful staff and um hospital care and just the lack of resources that they have so homegirl ended up getting twenty five thousand dollars in damages for um what she suffered because yeah the hospital was just neglectful of her and from what she said like shaming her and abusing her and kicking her and just like being horrible while she's delivering that's crazy yeah so josephine magani got her money and i support right and (laughs) then it's like you know again going back to how can you put a price on that on something like that yeah you know and if you think about childbirth it is one of the most powerful times but one of the most more vulnerable times you know so your body can only take so much exactly 
Well, staying on the topic of trifling people. Okay. So, two soldiers were recently (laughs) two soldiers were recently killed after an explosion outside a security checkpoint um, outside Parliament in Mogadishu, Mm -hmm. Somalia, and this is actually the capital of Somalia. So, two soldiers stopped a suspicious vehicle before it blew up. So, among the soldiers, the suicide bomber also was killed because he's a suicide bomber. there has been a spew of attacks. Right, it's all a plot. There has been a spew of attacks. A few hours prior to this attack, another explosion took place in the same city. And three days before that, a car bombing near Way. Oh, Lord, I should have practiced these before. Okay. Weheli mm-hmm. Hotel. It's a hotel in Somalia. Mm-hmm. Um, but that car explosion killed 14 people and wounded 10. So although no one has claimed responsibility for the most recent bombing, um, Al-Shabaab has taken responsibility for past attacks. So okay. they're assuming that this is them um, as well. However, again, going back, the media is very structured and altered and manipulati- manipulative. So I just want y'all to be aware that, you know, this is what the media is saying. I got this from Al Jazeera. So, you know, just stay woke. Because we don't know. And I definitely think the government orchestrates uh, yeah, bombings. Obviously. I feel like that has to be easy. Obviously. Orchestrate yeah. a whole bombing and blame it on someone Absolutely. else. Absolutely. And I just want to say, like, think about living in, in Mogadishu. We reported on Mogadishu bombings, I feel like, since we started I Can Relate. Definitely. And that's only been the, the last couple months. Right. And constantly they're having to live in this high stress anxiety environment like it's ridiculous right. like fuck why must i be cautious of walking next to cars right. can you imagine a life like that i cannot it's really crazy and i don't there are beautiful parts of somalia and developed parts of somalia so i do want to acknowledge that but um the forced migration and the desert the deed what is it de something dation the degradation of their land mm. is really 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 making like people suffer and then the government takes advantage so and, and terrorist groups as well the poverty exactly. all of that has a big hand so yeah i just want to pray for somalia We're, pray you for know. somalia um for those of you who don't know that's in east africa yes so, so yeah let's raise up our prayers yes so i actually want to follow up on a story that we did um, a couple months ago. So I don't know if you guys remember that Palestinian student who <clears throat> was recorded slapping an Israeli soldier. She was with um, her family, distraught from all of the deaths of her family at the hands of Il- Ish- um, Israeli soldiers. Obviously, he came to no real harm. You could see that he was hardly affected by the slap, but more disrespected. Right. Um, her name was Ahmad Tamimi, and or Ahmed, or Ahmed, Ahmed, Ahmed. Okay, Ahmed. Yeah, Ahmed Um, and she is 17 right now. She was 16 at the time. Yeah. Um, so you would think in a fair democracy that as a child assaulting an officer you would get a fairly light sentence. She, of course, pled guilty. She was recorded on um, tape, and she ended up accepting a deal. However, she is going to have to serve jail time, and she is going to have to pay a fine of about $1,500. And on top of that, she is um, going to... Or actually, so her sentenced is like furthered she's been in jail this entire time since we've been reporting so they're going to take the time that she's been in jail out and she will do the remainder of her time meaning that she's supposed to get around around summer but it's fucked up she's 17 and and we know that she has the it's the possibility that she could be killed in jail exactly you know like they can do whatever to her she can totally be manipulated and she's a child she can be raped so many things can happen um i think that it is completely unfair totally um and just to think of like the purpose behind why she slapped the soldier in the first place she's angry the whole country's angry and out And so does assault mean I do jail time? Right. Is that comparable? Because if that's the case, you're assaulting our people. Exactly. Like... And they want to... They want to drive a point home. They're like, you know what? We're Israelis and we are the government more than anything. We are power and you're not going to step to power. And it's fucked up because meanwhile, her family is dying. um, Her voice is not being heard. And in the meantime, she has to spend her 17th year in jail. Ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, So that's what's happening in um, Israel or Palestine. And um, 
we're just going to go a little bit down to Egypt and Africa. And Al Jazeera actually reports that the media in Egypt is getting kind of suppressed and they're really doing a crackdown on news stories and just information getting out of Egypt. Wow. They say that that is in reaction to or in tandem with um, LCC's re-election. So um, that's the president of Egypt. He's been in, pre- in office since 2014 and he's um, running for re-election. He said it officially and he actually expelled a British reporter for the London Times named um, Belle True. And yeah, not him specifically, but basically she got kicked out of London and um, they don't know why. Meanwhile, she's doing an expose on some type of, some some corruption, obviously. Right. So, yeah, um, they wanted to look all beautiful, come visit the pyramids and everything. Oh, but we don't give a fuck about, like, our people and what they got to say and what they think and um, the media and what they have to report on. Um, you gotta, you gotta stay woke everywhere. Always. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I, that doesn't surprise me at all. No, no. Mm. Egypt is known for being rigid. And like, if you look at like the history of like the Maghreb region and that, what is it? Uh, Middle Eastern region, they have a history of flowing into strictness and then fluidity and then strictness and fluidity. So, um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me either, but moreover, it's like, I'm getting reelected and I'm ad campaigns, satirical shows, which also got banned Mm -hmm. in a um, Supreme Court rule, or not a Supreme Court, but the Supreme Council for Media Regulation banned some certain shows because he's like, no, you're only going to speak good or not at all. Boy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you don't get shows, (laughs) get out of here. Okay. So we're going to bring it up to Catalonia, which is part of Spain. Mm-hmm. As of now. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. Maybe not for long. Right. So Catalonia's former president, Carlos Puigdemont, has spearheaded a peaceful drive to gain independence from Spain. So this is a complete defiance of Spanish law and the constitution. And he continues in hopes of getting international recognition. So basically, Catalan people are a population of Spanish people in Spain that want their independence. They want the recognition similar to palestine and israel right um maybe not as but the idea yeah exactly just the concept so just to give you guys a small background um this is a a article from bbc it's uh the catalonia crisis in 300 words i'm not going to read all 300 words but just to give you guys a better idea so what is catalonia so catalonia is a semi-autonomous region in northeast spain with a distinct history dating back of almost a thousand years. Wealthy region has about 7.5 million people with their own language, parliament, flag, and anthem. So Catalonia also has its own police force and controls some of its public services. So on the 21st of December, pro-independence parties won a narrow majority in the Catalan election that Spain um, has called in the hope of ending the crisis. So they okay. they want to gain their independence. Right. And so... um. The controversy is, like I mentioned before, this is completely defying Spanish law and their constitution. Like, no one in, ever in Spanish history has ever thought to ever do anything like this. Because right. Sp- Spain is normally the um, ones conquering people right. and colonizing. colonizing. So, <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> hello. So, um, reparations. Yes. So, Catalan nationalists have long complained that their region sends too much money to poorer parts of Spain as taxes are controlled mm. by Madrid. And if I'm not okay. mistaken, Madrid is the capital. Is Madrid? I'm not sure. If it's not, it's Barcelona. Please don't take my word because I really don't know. Um, And one other thing I found interesting. So this crisis matters because thousands of businesses have scaled down their operations in Catalonia. And the crisis is being watched nervously by other European... European states with strong nationalist movements. And so in numbers, 16% of Spain's Spain's population live in Catalonia and it produces... 25.6% of Spain's exports, 19% of Spain's GDP, and 20.7% of their foreign investment. So they matter. Right. We're We're making money for you. (laughs) Exactly. But you don't want to give us any type of power. Exactly. And you're not giving us any type of money back. Yeah. No, that makes all the sense. Exactly. And it's messed up because it's like, like, it's like, hey, we want to be free. And, like, the power can be like, no. Right. Because right. international recognition is literally saying, the head of state saying, 
we recognize this people these people as a state. Exactly. You know, um, I know off the bat of my off the top of my hand that United States was the first person to acknowledge Morocco mm-hmm. as like a, a state. Or no, or Western Sahara. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Anyway, um, but it just shows you like um that it, it, that is symbolic, but it means so much because it means money in it, and we can manipulate the money. If exactly. you're not a state and you're acting up, and we don't acknowledge you as a state, we can slow down your funds. Exactly, and we don't give a fuck. Exactly. And to the other side, like anybody funking with Spain can be like, mm, no, we think Catalonia is a state, and we're going to give money to them, and it can cause like war and tension and conflict. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, it's just really interesting, like this, like um topic of independence because it's like fuck you were part of the country like you know now you want to be free right like, and this you know this is stuff that we read in our history books right so the fact that this is happening in 2018 is interesting and yeah. you know just to live through this we're in our prime y'all yeah so just to there's always a gag okay so just to continue this story so the former president, as I mentioned before, um, his name is Carlos Puigdemont. Mm-hmm. So he has been on a sort of hiatus. He um, because he's been receiving a lot of negative attention from the Spanish government due to his push impulsive, for- yeah, you know, in, um, push for independence. So last week, a warrant for his arrest was reissued. So I'm assuming they already issued one. And he has been living in a self-imposed exile in Belgium since Catalonia's parliament declared independence from Spain in October. Okay. So he was wanted for sedition and rebellion, which could result in up to, I put 39, but it's 30 years in prison. He was detained in Germany when he was leaving Denmark to go back to Belgium. So he's in um, Germany and he has to adhere before a German court. And after um, news of his arrest broke out, protesters flooded the streets of Barcelona to protest his arrest. Um, um, Catalan people and people who support the movement of Catalonia gaining their independence. So basically, they just want to be independent. They just want their own rights. Like they said, they um, contribute more than 20% of exports and their investments into Spain. So it's like, it's only right. Right. You know, it's only fair. But we don't live in a fair world, so I just that we'll keep you guys posted on the story because it's definitely developing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just yeah, I think that's like uh, kind of crazy. But then I also like think that there's something to be gained about unification, mm-hmm. and so like I don't want to like dismiss that because I don't think. I mean, independence is always a good thing, but I, I think unification is sometimes a better thing or a stronger thing. Right. Um, if both parties are equal and, like, you know, not definitely. one has more power than the other and one is manipulating the other uh, due to, oppressing the other due to their lack of, lack thereof power. And, like, yeah, the corruption in right. general. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure Germany is going to extradite this man and be like, Spain, you can deal with this. Right. <laughs> I think this is your mess. Right, because that, that was the whole thing is uh, the warrant that was issued was a European statewide warrant. So right. he could have he gotten detained in any European country, which he did in Germany. So um, we will keep you guys updated on the story. Cool. All right, let's get into West Tea. Okay. Let me sip my tea. Yes. <laughs> you drink your tea. tea. I'm going to tell you my tea. <laughs> so I was just um thinking about Easter and how I can't wait to like for my kids to have like Easter egg hunts and stuff. And then I was just realizing that I participate in Easter, meaning like I go to church usually. I hang out with my family. I take my little sisters to Easter egg hunts. We go to our gra- great-grandmother when she was alive, rest her soul, um, to celebrate but I don't consider myself Christian I go to church um not frequently enough Mm -hmm. and so it's like I I mean what are you doing celebrating Jesus rebirth for what you don't celebrate that shit any other day and it just like makes me think like there's so many holidays including Christmas Mm -hmm. where it's I do not follow the faith but I indulge in the celebration right of course and I feel kind of conflicted in that because I think that is kind of bullshit I think that even even Easter, even if you don't, even if you don't really do church like that, I think that you should at least like fast and like you know, deli- like you know what I mean. Yeah, do I, some I participate type of, in Lent. Yeah, do yeah. some type of something building up to Easter so that you can celebrate. It's just like right. Ramadan and Eid. Like right. you haven't fasted all month, but you want to celebrate Eid and get all the presents and eat all the food. Right. I just I don't know. 
it was floating through my mind. And I just want to say how you feel. How I feel. Yeah. So, no, I absolutely agree with this. And, like, 100% because I am one who grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. So, it was kind of something that was always a norm to me mm-hmm. going to church. But, like, I went to church all the time growing up. Mm-hmm. So, Easter Sunday was just kind of something to look forward to because it was like church was going to be different this week. We're going to do more. More people are going to come. You know, it's going to be food or, you know, whatever. So, but now, um, especially in college, I, you know, because I didn't go to church regularly, I would go to church on Easter Sunday or I would go to church, you know, Christmas Eve or whatever. Um, I don't necessarily... Just my, I really don't like talking about church because, like, my ideas uh, around it have drastically changed from when, when I grew up. Like, I, I believe in a higher power. I definitely believe that God is real and present in my life and in our lives. Um, however, I think that church is institutionalized. I think that, you know, I don't like the structure of it. I don't like going somewhere and someone standing at a podium telling me what I can and cannot be doing with my life and what I should and should not be doing. Who are you? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're all anointed. We're all in a place. And we, we're all moving through life at different paces. So, you know, how are you going to put a bunch of people in a room and tell them what's right and what's wrong? Yeah. Based off a book that has been altered and redeveloped, you know, through throughout thousands and thousands of years so I just think it's all very fake Mm. that's just my opinion but I do um I do enjoy church going you know going to church sometimes like you know I love listening to gospel music like I feel like you you can praise God and like worship God and like do everything that you need to do for your own spiritual practice without stepping into an institution no definitely definitely I think it is important to develop that spiritual practice and yes. be consistent yes and I love people always like love to say like I'm spiritual but then it's like oh so what did you do spiritually and then right. like niggas really can't say that like oh right. I meditate which is important but yes. I think that which is a per- portion of a bigger thing that you should be practicing yes but um I feel you um I think that God is not in every church but mm-hmm. God is in church Mm-hmm. And there were moments I grew up, um, I grew up in church too, right. but I didn't grow up in a Baptist church. Right. Like I, I, you know, I'm from the Bay, Berkeley, mm-hmm. like new age, you know, love yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's welcome church. Mm-hmm. So when I went to, when I went to Atlanta, I had a lot of spiritual experiences um, in like, even like the campus, like chapel. I was going to say, I, um, in Atlanta, I cried for the first time in church. Yeah. I've never cried in church. Since yeah. Like Atlanta. And I think that's also working with, <laughs> I had real problems. <laughs> I had big problems and didn't know who was going to bring me through. And when I was reminded oh on that, God. that Sunday. <laughs> so let's be clear. Let's be but, clear. But, um. Yeah, I think that God is not in every church, but, like, you can find God in church. Um, I I remember I was with someone who was, like, really opposed to church. And I remember me feeling sensitive about that, even though, like, I don't claim consider myself a Christian. Mm -hmm. I don't um, claim Islam anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, like, practices I still think that are important. But I just wanted to ask you, I'm still going to probably dress up for uh, Easter and shit. Yeah, will I go to church? I honestly don't know. My grandma actually asked me to come up to the Bay for Easter Sunday. Oh, wow. Um, But, you know, it's just a lot. Like, you know, um, and and that's another thing, too. Because I was raised in the church and I was heavily influenced by my grandmother, a lot of times I go to church or... Anything involved with church, I do for her because I know it pleases her. I know it makes her happy. I was just going to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it is family obligation, and yeah. us, our niggas would not get together any other day but for the Lord. Right for so, the Lord, we will. So yeah, we will make a way. Come as you are. <laughs> I just so I'm gonna move on to my next uh, okay. was tea. Okay. Oh yes. Um, yes. So um, <laughs> a lot of things happened in the last week. Um, and I am thinking of things specifically, but I'm, I'm also thinking, thinking of things personally. Mm-hmm. Um, someone like really showed their true colors to me and just decided to be like an asshole when they didn't have to be, you know? And it's like, absolutely. Why would you make that choice when you don't have to make that choice? You know? Cause sometimes you do have to make that choice and be like, I'll be the bad guy. But when it's me. You know, it's me. It's me. That's what it be feeling like. It's me. Come on. It's me. Like, why wouldn't you, right? So, 
Why would um, you do me like that? You feel me? So my West T is just like the lack of loyalty. And I I am one of those people who like, I'm on Instagram and you'll see those like um, memes and it's text and basically it's just like, nobody's loyal out here. Like, you need to grind by yourself. I only rock with a few. Like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. All this stupid shit. Right. And, I'm all, and I'm always like, oh my God, this ghetto shit. Get this shit out of my... Like, like... Who are you guys like they don't want to see me eating? Like who is who is plotting on your downfall? I'm like, who the fuck is plotting on your downfall? You're 22. Facts, like, facts. what enemies have you made? Facts. What snakes are in your corner facts. that would really like damage your product and your grind? Um, so I'm always judgmental like that, right? But I feel them. There are snakes in your corner. There are people who love you who fuck with you, who will do a lot of things for you, who still cannot see you better than them succeed, who still resent you, who still, for whatever reason, do not fucking respect you. Mm. They may love you, but they don't respect you. And that is a violation of loyalty. When you rock with me, it's you rock with me because there's a purpose behind it. Because me and you, you, our goals align, Mm. you know? And... It has come to my attention that the people close to me when I need them the most in in different circumstances really show me like it's me, not you, not us Mm. in a way that I don't feel like I do, Mm -hmm. that I reciprocate myself. So I went off Mm -hmm. this time. This time I went off. (laughs) This time I blocked the number first. I oh. left three messages. Oh! I left three messages. I got a text from a Wait, random do they number. they still get it if you block them? Yes. So you can send them messages. But you they can send them send messages them. and you can call them. Wow. I didn't know that. See, I block and be done. No. But okay. You block and say Good your piece. Good to know for the petty, right? <laughs> <laughs> you say your piece. Okay. And then, so yeah, so then he like came back like, you know, like, oh, I was being childish, but, um, you know, unblock my number so we can discuss it. So... I was like, no, <laughs> no, no, and no. and your lack of loyalty is where this like gut reaction is coming from. Cause it's like you say you rock, but you don't act like it, and I act like it, and it's really getting under my skin. So this whole week, I was carrying that. Like, who is loyal? Who is here for me? And who am I here for? You know, right? Um, I'm here for my kids that I work with. Mm. <laughs> I'm here for my close friends. And I am here for you romantically. Like, I also think that um, I give, even if we're just dating and we're not in a relationship. Um, but it's... Because uh, that's the type of person I am. Yeah. And I don't feel this sense of survival and self-preservation that you do to where that I'll compromise my loyalty. Um, but yeah. Did you have anything to say on loyalty? Oh my... Like, you literally... <laughs> like, you see me over here shaking my head just listening to you in such <laughs> awe because you're literally preaching my life right now. That's, Jada, you put that so eloquently. Like, you said that so well. And I agree 100%. Like, because I, too, am in a similar situation where people have shown their true colors and shown where their loyalty lies, Mm -hmm. you know? And ultimately, like, as much as it hurts, it's ultimately a blessing. And I'm grateful, you know? Yeah. I'm so grateful because... One thing I will say, and this this is how I know, like, even though, you know, we were just talking about how we don't go to church, you know, as consistent as we should or whatever, um, I know that God is real because I see God in my life living through me every, every day, day, living through the people that I love, right. you know, protecting me. Right. I always talk about how anointed I am. I walk around with this bubble, yeah. you know, around me because yeah. God got me and yeah. I know that God got me. Yeah. So, like, with all that, you know, I feel like God plants these seeds in your life. Whether it be to teach you a lesson or, you know, whatever it is to hurt you or to love you, whatever it is, he plants these seeds in your life that serve a purpose. Yeah. When a that, greater purpose. A greater purpose. When that purpose is fulfilled, you know what I'm saying? The the tree may blossom or mm-hmm. it may die and go away and the seeds were useless. Whatever. Either way, it serves a purpose. And like what I've been realizing um this past week or so is that, you know, um, First of all, don't nobody got me but me, just like you were saying. Don't nobody got you but you. Don't nobody got me like I got me. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Ain't sure. nobody going to look out for me but me. Definitely. You know, and um, you can't you can't put all of your happiness into a person. No. Because once you do that, the minute that that person disappoints Violate you, that. violates you, like, 
there goes your happiness because yeah. you instilled it all into them. You know, you have you can't you can't empty your tank. Like you have to leave yourself a little bit. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or all of it. Don't give any to anybody. It's totally based on you. But, like, that's, like, the biggest thing that I've learned. And, like, I'm grateful for that because what's and what's for you is for you. And we always say that when it comes to, like, opportunities and, like, stuff like that. Jobs. Like, right, jobs. Like, what's for me is for me. If I'm meant to have this opportunity, if I'm meant to have this blessing, it'll come. And, but that the same thing goes for people in your life, you know? Um, if it's for me, it's for me. If this person is for me, this person will be in my life. Right. You know? And they'll act for me. Exactly. I think there, there are... Um those examples of like loyalties being violated and stuff. I think that maybe the first time it shocks you, but then after that you recognize exactly. it. You're like, Oh, this, this is how is you, you are. Exactly. Yeah. This, this is, is the type of person you are. At least in relationship to me. Right. And I think that no one's perfect and you can give concessions. Absolutely. Like, you know, I believe that you can allow for selfishness in someone's life. Like, fuck, you know, you got to take care of you just like I'm taking care of me. But to a degree, like to a fuck. degree, we have to coexist. And if we can't, if if your self selfishness overrides, you know, how, you our know, relationship. our relationship and like my feelings, we can't coexist right. in that in that romantic space. And I just want to point this out too. Last thing about this, yeah, is that um, why loyalty violation of loyalty like hurts so much? I think is because there are also examples in our life of people who are loyal, people who come the fuck through and show up every single time. Exactly. And so it's like, is it the case that you just don't have the capacity to do this like this person? And I don't think that we should like compare, but I think that um, you should recognize like this is a level of respect that I'm I. Um, am used to but that I want in my life right. this is how I want to be treated you know right. and I got a, my birthday was just passed mm -hmm. and that was like the example I'm not saying like you giving me a present is loyalty no, no. but um how you show up for me is exactly. loyalty and um me requesting things of you and then how you respond to me so yeah that's been floating around in it's fine. You it's fine. Like, it's, it's I, absolutely fine. I don't mind being vulnerable saying that, like, my feelings are hurt. You right. know, I wish that things were not as they are. But I can say with confidence more than anything, like, baby boo. Before right. there was you, there was me. Right. Oh. And I am ah, one day, day, day. Ah, you know? Yes. And so, um, yeah. And, you know, this is friends, family member, and lovers. Exactly. You know, this is, like, the spectrum you really got to like, okay. Right. Okay, back it up. Right. So just to piggyback on what we was just talking about, um, I was watching. First of all, if you don't follow Will Smith on Instagram, you're slipping you're on sleep. all of the life. You're asleep. He knows what the fuck he's talking <laughs> right. about. You can see it in his eyes. Right. This man has lived life, okay? Yeah. And he constantly is dropping gems on Instagram and just letting us know what the fuck is up. And uplifting us. Very much so. And so, and to hear it from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like, you know, right. who, who doesn't want to take his advice? Anyways. Hello. Jada's husband. So, <laughs> Jada, my, my mom. Shut the name in So, he w basically had posted an IG story. And what I love, you know how they have that new thing where you can do your story highlights on your Instagram page? Yes. And you can put um, your favorite stories on your Instagram page for people to go back and watch. He does that. And he titles them, like, The Lesson. So, it's like, Discipline self-love yes. you know forgiveness like you know all these things and so I love like you know sometimes when I'm feeling down about a certain thing I'll think about something some encouraging words that his he says and I'll go to his Instagram and be like okay like I need I need some encouraging words about forgiveness and yes. I'll go watch his Instagram story about forgiveness and be uplifted and he'd be dropping gems so one thing that I was watching I think um I don't remember what the title of the story was but um, one thing that he said, he just talked, he was talking about loyalty and, you know, when someone who you were loyalty, loyal to hurts you or when someone betrays you or disappoints you, you know, we always go through this time where we're angry and we want, we wish bad upon them Yeah. or we wish that, you know, I want them to hurt as much as I'm hurting yeah. right now, you know? And he was like, ultimately that doesn't help you. It doesn't move you forward it doesn't help you grow and ultimately it only keeps you in that dark angry space that you're already in so i want to talk i'm gonna talk about this more when i um when we do life lessons later but just i'm going through that now it's just kind of like accepting situations for what they are taking it with a grain of salt and just wishing the best because you know what i'm saying like holding that anger inside of me towards you 
you know, that anger is still inside of me and I'm the one feeling it. You know right. what I'm saying? So as soon as I release that and it's like, like the moment when you feel like, you know, like I wish you the best. Like, I honestly don't care what you do outside of my presence. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's when you know, like, and I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I don't think I've wished bad upon. Well, maybe Shit, I have, I was going to say when I say <laughs> wish bad upon someone, I was not sitting there like, Oh, I wish this nigga got in a car crash. No, 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 never that. I definitely like, you know, I'm like, oh, you're not doing too good. Like, hmm, shouldn't have, should have treated Karma's me better. Karma's a bitch. Exactly. Right. Like, what goes around comes around. Right. And which um, I do believe in as well. I believe in too, but I do think that it's the same kind of energy. Like, you know, you're gonna get yours, and it isn't about that. But at the same time, it's like I think that sometimes you want to keep it in your hands, like niggas learning a lesson Absolutely. and you know you want to extend yourself as far as people are going to extend themselves to you and hurt people as far as they're going to hurt you like fuck right. but then you know that's a maturity thing that you have to eventually grow out of um and i recognize that yes <laughs> if you listen it right now <laughs> ugh, that's why you lost your job i can't stand you Trent! <laughs> Annoying. Okay, let's talk about stuff that matters. Okay. Um, so my next West T is um that traveling is just the spice of life. Amen. And uh it is worth wait spending the money on. Absolutely. I think we say this often, but I really want to live it in that like I want traveling to be a part of my experience because it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I like changing the setting up and bringing in a new environment and rolling with the punches and experiencing new things that aren't expected. Mm-hmm. That feels good to me. I'm happy that I'm visiting my best friend Yay. and that we'll be able to celebrate. Um, but even on a larger scale, I am just investing. I just put my money down um, for my like Atlanta plans. Um, Hopefully they work out because um, they play games. But <laughs> I am excited. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I love traveling. Traveling has ultimately led me to decide my career path mm-hmm. and taught me so much about myself. Every travel experience that I've had. Didn't you learn so much about yourself? I learned that I always thought I wanted to be with people. I always wanted a validation, but it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. I wanted the company, mm-hmm. um, but only to a degree. Right, because after know? a while you get tired of it. Yeah, I liked being liked, but I didn't mm-hmm. like being around people. Right. And I preferred being alone. And right. I learned that traveling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some things I learned traveling is um, I'm very independent. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, you know, you're independent, but when you're forced to, when you're put in situations where other people who don't necessarily have that independent quality yeah. are stressed or, you know, like they don't know how to handle themselves, you realize, oh, like, you know, this isn't that big of a deal. Like I can handle this. I'm an independent ass bitch. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, you know, I learned that, you know, after going to London and the whole situation with my luggage, like I learned that I'm a strong ass bitch and I'm a soldier and I can, mm-hmm. you know, help held my um hold my head up high no matter what the circumstances i learned that you know um i learned that i can roll with the punches yeah you know very easily i acclimate um as much as i you know i'm not i'm not saying i love it but i can acclimate to different environments and different um social climates which I think is a is an important skill. Definitely. So and there are black people everywhere. Yes. So you Oh actually, my God. You learn about if, the world. Yeah. And even if you feel colorism, there is like a like an avenue for you to walk anywhere. Right. Um, just to move things along, what do you have any other West tea? Like any other thing going on with you? Okay, um, yeah. So I was reading this article. That I thought was really interesting because I've actually been not even tackling with the idea. I'm definitely considering like going to therapy and like looking Mm. into, um, you know, what my insurance offers and options and (laughs) stuff. Like I'm so dead ass. And a part of that is a lot of issues that I have with family members of mine Mm -hmm. and just not so much my relationships with them and like mending that but how it affects me yeah and how what i talked about earlier about that ang- you know holding that anger inside towards someone else only you know hurts you in the end like they gonna whether they're angry or not they're gonna go on about their day and their life 
no matter what. So, um, yeah, just going to therapy to just acknowledge those dark spaces within me and diffusing them, you know? So, um, I had came across this article that I thought was really interesting. And the title of the article is called why it's okay to cut toxic family members out of your life. And I said, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I had to read this, right. Read up and see what they were talking about. So they point out a few pointers that I think are very interesting. And I think a lot of people who have issues with family members or even friends that they consider family members who they feel don't come, you know, show up how they should. Uh, so I'm going to just read, I think there's about seven, oh, less than that, five, five pointers Okay. Um, that the article brought up um, or reasons why you would want to, um, so it says, the article says, before you start blocking Aunt Susan and your second cousin, <laughs> it's important to recognize the signs of a toxic person. So these five pointers are signs of toxic people in your life. Let me hear them. <clears throat> Let's, I'm going to do a check off, checklist. Okay. They're judgmental. So, constructive criticism is healthy, but persistent, unwarranted criticism can deteriorate anyone's self-esteem. Okay, check. Number two, they feed off drama. Have you ever turned into Have you ever turned to a family member uh, for some personal advice, yet somehow after you've shared your personal vo- most vulnerable moments with them, somehow you thought that that... You somehow you thought was a trust someone you thought was a trusted ally, somehow everyone in your family knows everything about your personal business. Check. They gaslight you. If your family member continuously continually claims they never said something when you and everyone else knows they did, it might not seem that serious. However, this is a form of gaslighting, which is highly emotional abusive behavior, mm. which that has happened to me before. Number four, they only talk to you when they need something from you. That's self-explanatory. Right. And last, they flip-flop between positive and negative reinforcement. They can lash out at you, yell at you, insult you. However, once you ignore them and after this senseless attack, they'll likely coax you back into their trap by offering you pseudo um, praise and support. Ding, 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 Typically, ding, 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 these positive interactions are short-lived before this individual goes back to their typical manipulative behavior. If anyone in your family displays any of these symptoms of toxic, oh my God. i.e. abusive behavior, they are putting your mental health in jeopardy. Why was that one? just too much for me like flip-flopping between i fuck with you but i really don't ever fuck with you. exactly that is ugh. so and a lot of those like put up a red flag for me because i definitely like you know and, and i think that when you hear me reading it if someone popped into your head mm-hmm. then this is relevant to you right so because i know a few people popped into my head mm-hmm. as i read you know the the five pointers so with that being said, I am definitely looking into therapy, you know, for my own benefit. And I'm really excited mm-hmm. to take on this journey. And everyone that I know that has gone to therapy has loved it. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see if it works for me. Because it doesn't work for everyone. You know, I have, you know, heard some negative reviews about therapy. But, you know, it all depends on the person. It depends on the therapist. Sometimes you can't go with the first therapist that you you know, link up with, you know, not everyone is for you, you know. I I really want to get a black woman therapist mm-hmm. just to kind of understand my demographic and tune in with me. Yeah. So I'm really excited. So I will keep you guys posted on that journey. And mm-hmm. when I find a therapist, I will let y'all know. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think, like, this is tax- toxic family members, but just, like, relationships in general, you know. Yeah, te- definitely. And sometimes lot, you got to yeah. cut them off. I also think, though, that, like, cutting them off shouldn't be like this, oh, I'm not fucking with this person no more and have some angry energy around that either because I don't think that's healthy either. Mm-hmm. But if it can be like, I can release this person from my life, we don't talk, I'm not hurting for them, and I also don't feel like we were talking about with Will Smith wishing ill upon them. Right. Like, I am in a healthy space. Exactly. With cutting someone off. Exactly. And that that is the goal. Ultimately, mm-hmm. so. All right, my favorite part of the show. Go, yes! <laughs> yes! Ma'am. <laughs> the red. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your ears. I know you're probably listening to it in the earphones, which we appreciate. We appreciate. Thanks for listening. Thank you. You're far in. Yes. I appreciate this. If you made it here, it, it's too late. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this week's Girl Yes is going to be Miss... Dr. Selma Scantlebury. She is the first black female transplant surgeon in America. So, 
No. Yes. No. No. She has performed more than 200 kidney transplants in her career, which is highly admirable. So go, sister. Right. I just want to acknowledge (laughs) Dr. Selma Scantleberry, who is paving the way for young black women and women of color in STEM. That are out here doing it, okay? Okay. Keep wow. us alive, right? Yes. <laughs> Girl, yes, is so easy. We just have to find a black woman who did something in the last 10 years and it'll be a first. Right, I <laughs> and know. And then we can celebrate. Uh, I know, I know. But, you know, we, we, we keep it, you know, modern too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, we you keep it saying? modern. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I never heard of the last name Scantleberry in my life. Go ahead, life. sister, right? I'm like, who is your slave Go owner? off. <laughs> Stop, but let's get real about it. My family last name is McClinton. Oh, you what were Irish, Irish bitch. What Irish people we okay. were doing? No facts. Yes. I was watching this, Happy St. Um, Patrick's Day. Okay, I was watching the right. You were born on St. Patrick's Day too. Right. Okay? <laughs> I was um watching this documentary on Vice, and they had visited. Uh, there was they were interviewing this lady who. It's like her job to like basically find black, specifically black people's ancestry, mm-hmm. and uh, she uses documents and she's based in Louisiana and it's like super dope. Um, but they visited the plantation and there was like a guy who um, still works at the plantation, but now he he gets paid, but it's not really like he gets paid. He like lives for free mm-hmm. and like all this stuff, kind of like modern day slavery almost. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then they went in to go talk to the white man, the quote unquote slave owner. And, um, you know, just to hear his thoughts behind yeah it's just it's very like interesting like they really don't think anything wrong with he spoke so highly of the civil war and the confederate times and you know it was just really interesting to see his perspective and um i like vice for that uh because they kind of give you both ends of the spectrum even though they are more so of a liberal toned television network well they're not really a network but you know what i'm saying brand yeah so yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we all got slave owner last names. I will I will say <laughs> this, like I think that I don't think that there's anything wrong with like um service and service jobs. Mm-hmm. And if you have a live in maid or anything, I think that in this capitalist system and because of um fake American democracy, we think like no one should work that low. Like, right. you know, like fuck slavery. Right. I don't I I believe that like, you know, you can take care of a family and everything and there's dignity in that work. You have to be paid fairly and treated like a human being. Just because I serve you does not mean that you treat me differently. Does not mean that I don't um make healthy human wages and um live with dignity and have off time you feel me like there's parameters around that but like you know i think capitalism makes us think that like those jobs are like bad like cherry picking is bad like no what's bad is that i'm living with pesticides right not the fact that i actually pick cherries it's bad that i'm not making any money doing this shit right so yeah right um Cause like you can give me a place to live, but ultimately giving me money, money is power. So you giving me money is giving me the power to do something the Agency. fuck with my life exactly, exactly. and that's whatever what I they want. don't want, and that's not working for you because right. I don't want to do this shit. Shout out to Black Panther. Hello. Oh yes, we're just gonna do an honorable shout out because. Black wealth is important. We have to put money in black people's pockets. And if that's these rich black people, if Beyonce makes too much money, it's ridiculous. Right. I don't give a fuck because Blue's going to have that money and Sir Rumi's going to have that money. And that means that there is one line, at least, of black family where money will not be an issue. Exactly. We are 400 years behind exactly. and enslaved. Like, yes. we have got to catch up if we're going to participate in this capitalist system. Right. And Either I, it topples or we participate. I did just want to acknowledge that uh, this past weekend, Black Panther did become the um, highest grossing earning film in superhero history, in U.S. history. So, a superhero movie that made the most money um, in history. Go crazy. Go crazy, black crazy. people. Ryan Coogler. Shout out Oakland and Richmond. Yes. Boop. Okay, I'm going to peep you on some game. Peep us. So, tonight, tonight, I am going to talk about Mark Clark. <laughs> he is a Black Panther for the um, Chicago chapter. Um, Mark Clark is does not have a long history and I want to acknowledge that because he passed away at 22. Oh god. That's 2 years after like me being born and that really hit me like this man was instrumental so much in the civil rights movement that, you know, he can have a whole bibliography but that his life only lived till 22 years. 
He was born June 28th, 1947, and um, Peoria, oh man, I pronounce i we gotta work up. on this we gotta practice illinois yeah. i looked it up too um yeah peoria uh illinois mark was one of 17 children actually but found his passion in activism very early getting involved in the local naacp chapter nice. apparently like he was keeping the teens in line or at least that there's a quote of someone like t talking about him excuse me saying that he also helped with demonstrations for housing and equal and fair pay um, and employment practices mm -hmm. just for black people um, in general. Also, um, with the quality of education, he just um, was really involved in the NAACP. He found that the Black Panther Party was more in line with the things that he wanted to accomplish, reading their 10-point plan and um, getting more involved in their rhetoric, probably right. reading a little bit of Marxism. Right. He went to um, Illinois Central College and after graduating, or I think actually during that time, he... Um, started participating with the Black Panther Party. So he actually befriended Fred Hampton and they ended up living together. Nice. And so he's working under his tutelage and um, really, you know, trying to trying to make change. 22 years old. I'm just going to like keep putting that. He right. like worked on the free breakfast program in Illinois, like, you know, really involved. In 1929... A raid, or not 1929, I'm sorry. I want, I think that's 69. In 1969, a raid was orchestrated by Cook County's state attorney, which was um, Edward Han Hanrahan at the time. And basically this raid was to kill Black Panthers. No doubt about it. That's exactly was the objective. Right. Um, it was one of many attempts to weaken the Black Panther Party and the um, Black Nationalist Movement, which are quotations, which Black Nationalism, they put on the Black Panther Party. The Black mm -hmm. Panther Party, um, I don't think any of their 10 points says anything about nationalism. Right. But um, it is, I think, what was perceived by the U.S. government. So they orchestrated a raid. Um, the place is really significant. So I want to say the address is 2337 West um, Monroe Street in the west side of Chicago. 14 cops stormed the house. They shot Clark dead in his heart. He died instantly. Fran Hampton was littered with bullets. Do you know that they shot 80 motherfucking shots in this tiny ass apartment? You just have to think about it. These people are not making, they're activists. They're not making hella money. So you know this apartment wasn't small. Why is almost 100 rounds of bullets being shot? They couldn't count everything. So the range is between 82 and 99. They know for sure 82 bullets were shot. You knew this thing was dead. It is reminiscent of Steve and Clark. Can you, like, Damo, this shit continues to happen. It almost makes me want to cry, like. It does make me want to cry. You, like, are. Why shoot him at, after the 40th shot? Even if each cop, so if each why cop. Why does it got to get a 40? Yeah, each cop had to shoot five rounds, ten rounds. That, 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 you know. It was only two people in the fucking apartment. Anyway, Fred Hampton died. Um, and people talk about Fred Hampton, but people really don't talk about Mark Clark. Mm -hmm. And um, But, you know, this was all happened in the same night, December 4th, um, 1967. So the cops actually got information um, from an informant. And the informant was Fred Hampton's fucking bodyguard. His name was O'Neill. So I don't... I. I learned this information from a <laughs> loyalty, source. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. That's going to be the name of this podcast. Okay. Bet. That loyalty, loyalty, Bet. loyalty. Bet. But do you see how you can't have shady niggas in your corners that don't want to see you shine? I don't believe that this, this man hated Fred Hampton. No. But if you aren't loyal, if you have some insecurity about yourself and you really can't see your friend doing good and prospering, it'll lead you to shit like this. Fred Hampton became a martyr for the Black Panther movement, um, along with Bobby Seale and all the Oakland Black Panthers who got shot dead in their home or got shot on the lawn or got shot fucking littered with bullets. But it just shows you like, fuck, those niggas in your camp are toxic. They are not, they are dangerous. Yes. You know, even if it's not to the scale of like you being a Black Panther, but still. Um, so, yeah, so they had an informant. Um, 
And it's clear that obviously the the FBI was making conscious efforts to disband them. Yes. Um, using aggress- aggressive and imaginary tactics. So there's a dossier. And they're our age. Fred Hampton was 21. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. just think like, you know, we, like us being, us, someone running up in here right now shooting Literally. us up for doing this podcast, talking like, about exactly. this shit. That's exactly college, the same thing. College students wanting to do like, something. this shit is crazy. And, and what are we doing? We're not, we're walking around with guns. They shot, they got one shot off. They got one shot off. Cause Kate, let me, let me just say Mark Clark slept with a fucking gun in his hand. He slept with a gun across his waist. That's how he slept. Fuck. And it still couldn't protect him. That's just some bullshit. But just to show you like the government was making conscious efforts. And unfortunately, um, these people were, I think, got the worst of it. We don't hear about any of these people. If they're living there, tuck the fuck off. I'm not about to be on social media. You're not about to see me walk around like Jesse Jackson and um, um, uh, Al Sharpton. It's not sweet for me like it is for this NAACP niggas. The, the government wants my head. And, um, yeah, and it's because they wanted to stop, or I want to say the quote, they want to prevent the rise of a messiah who could unify and electrify militant black nationalist movement. They want to target leaders so that we as black people don't feel unified. Why? Because we haven't had a fucking revolution, which I talked about last week. We have not felt a connection to each other and to this land and say, we're taking this shit back. Fuck it. We tealed this land. Our ancestors tealed this land. And we're not going to deal with the government. And they did a great job of executing everybody. And after Lyndon Johnson got out of office, Nixon followed up in his footsteps. So this happened in 69. We know the Black Panthers was in the 70s and the 80s. Right. And the all of them killed, them killed these niggas off. Clinton too. I don't trust Clinton either. Hell no. Fuck that. I don't Hell even trust no. Kennedy. Fuck George Lincoln. I don't give a fuck about any of these presidents. Obama's cool. Right. You know I mean? Right. The only one. So. Right. That is Mark Clark. Um, we pray for him. Um, we just want to acknowledge these fighters who. Um, these historic figures. Because that's exactly what they are. Lost their life for what? You know? So that we could talk about this shit freely. Exactly. Freely. And, and not fear for that change. people are going to come in this house and shoot us up. So yeah. Mark Clark. Wow. I'm shook. Yeah. Too much. All right, well, with that being said, let's wrap up the show with life lessons. Okay. So my life lesson this week is another Twitter quote, Instagram quote, whatever you want to call it. But it stuck out to me because, you know, we said we're going to name this this episode Loyalty, 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 Loyalty. Because loyalty, loyalty. Loyalty. <laughs> y'all niggas ain't loyal. But um, just it really stuck out to me. And that is nothing changes if nothing changes. Okay. And that stuck out to me because... It's absolutely true. If nothing changes in your life, nothing will change in your life. Right. If you stayed with the same person since you were 15 years old, you know, your ideas around love and progression is just going to be different than someone who experienced life. Yeah. Or with anything, traveling, you know, if you've never left the United States and you never leave the United States. Yeah. You'll never have the perception of what the world is like outside of the United States. And trust and believe, baby, it's popping. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that just comes to show that we're constantly growing and evolving. And, you know, the decisions that we made when we were 18 versus now are completely different. And our mindset, our mentality, the people we surround ourselves with, our core values, they are constantly growing and changing. They should be. Yeah. If And if they are, you are making progression as a human being. And I think that's just so important to do, especially with us as young people. We constantly have to change and evolve and accept change and evolve. Because sometimes change isn't always comfortable. So accepting that change, accepting that discomfort and taking it for what it is and growing. Because um, being uncomfortable is ultimately what makes you grow. So, mm-hmm. yes, nothing changes. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Yes. Okay. That reminded me of this India Re quote. So I'm gonna say that as okay. a life lesson. Uh, the song, uh, I think it goes. Um, there is nothing like more consistent in the world than change. That's why I take life as it comes. And so that, oh, that's the quote. I love me some India. Um, it's like a, it's like part of the inter- interlude. But oh, yeah, okay, okay. they're like. 
nothing in the world is more consistent than things not being the same. Yeah. And so you have to grow with that. And I think being in connection with the universe and like we were talking about spirituality and connecting to that higher power is really trusting that I am this light being who like is going to look different at different times. And um, I have to be okay with that. And I personally am going to take your advice like, okay, maybe this is the last time that you block and unblock. Like maybe this is the last time. Maybe yeah. this is the last time that you mess with that person. Like maybe this is the last time that you reach out to that person. Maybe this is the last time that you ignore this person. It could look a whole bunch of different ways. Because ultimately, like that shit takes more of a toll on you. Exactly. That and shit you're, is exhausting. You're act you're actively avoiding or actively seeking. And either way, it takes energy. And to just be, I think is, you know, the so key much to life. Huh? Yeah. 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 And like positive things and things that will add positivity and enrichment to your life will come once you let that negative energy go. Yeah. So that's just what I'm, I was going to say that's what I'm waiting for, but I'm not even waiting for it because it'll come in places when I'm ready. Yep. It's happening now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Wow. I feel so much better. I do. This is so great. This is really therapeutic. Oh my gosh. I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye guys. See you next week. Oh, I do want to shout out our social media. Make sure you follow us if you made it all the way to the end. Yes. Follow I can relate on Instagram at I can relate underscore the podcast. On Twitter at ICR underscore the podcast. We also have a Facebook page. You can just look up I Can Relate the Podcast on Facebook. And you can listen on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Just look up I Can Relate the Podcast. Yes. And we'll see you guys next week for more news and relatable tea. Bye. Bye. I can relate.